Good evening. Thank you for coming. Continuing in our discussion, the Hilchot Berkat Hamazon. Shachar Ruch told us that Imachal Davar Yisur B'Makum Sakanam Varchin So if a person had to eat something which was forbidden, but because of a sakana, because let's say they were uh, they were ill and the doctor prescribed that they had to have something which uh, wasn't kosher, nevertheless they would make a bracha before and after. That's that's what we mentioned. We said that's in distinction, or I guess in contrast to uh, if he eats a davaris or not, meaning just because he wants to, right? Or we discussed what if it's a shogeg, what if it's unintentional, fine, 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 fine. But if it's done because of a specific case of danger, so then a bracha would be made. And then the Ramah just mentions, look later on in Siman Reish Dalit. Look, look to see what we talked about over there in Siman Reish Dalit. So we mentioned last night that there the Ramah seems to say that there could be a situation of sakana where a person would not make a bracha. So what's that case? If we flip ahead to Reish Dalid, and I reserve the right to uh, discuss this halacha again when we get up to it, God willing, uh, Allah Seder. So the Shachan Aruch is talking about a different case altogether, uh, one that we won't get into right now, but he says, Anything that a person is going to eat or drink for the purpose of health and healing, if they taste good and you uh, enjoy uh, that medicine, so then, so then you make a bracha before and afterwards, uh, which would seemingly indicate that if you're not enjoying it, right, and it's for the purpose of rifuah, maybe a bracha is not going to be necessary. Says the Ramah, if they forced him to eat or to drink, so even though you enjoy the taste of whatever it is, you do not make a bracha because he was forced to do so. So we asked last night, well, I don't understand. We said, if it's the, the doctor prescribes, you have to have something which is forbidden, so then a bracha is made. The Ramah says, in this case, if someone puts a gun to your head, it says you have to eat this thing which is asur, so then no bracha is made. Well, why not, right? So we said, when it comes to sakana, the, the, the doctor tells you you have to do it. So it's not that you're eating something forbidden. At that point, it's something which is not only permissible, but it's a mitzvah, right? You have to, the Torah says, you have to keep yourself alive through the mitzvot. So therefore, you have to eat this thing. So of course, you can make a bracha uh, before and after. Now, when the guy puts a gun to your head and he says, eat this thing, which is asur, so presumably, uh, you're also supposed to eat that thing. So why don't we make the same argument? So the Mishabura already asked this question, and he says the following. He says, That in the situation uh, where the doctor tells you you have to eat something, it's not comparable. Over there, we say that you do make a bracha. Here, when they put the gun to your head and they tell you you have to eat it, no bracha is made. Why? What's the distinction? Shani. Sorry, Shani Hatam Gufa Gufa He says, in the case where the doctor tells you you have to eat this thing, so where where is the onus? Where is the extenuating circumstance? You you are so to speak forced to eat this thing, but you are not forced to eat, right? The doctor says, if you want to stay alive, you gotta eat this thing, right? And then you're gonna be better and wonderful. So we say, okay, you have to eat that thing, right? But no one's forcing you to eat per se. It's just if you want to live, which by the way is the mitzvah, you should make sure you stay alive. So then no one is forcing you to eat it, but you want to stay alive, so you're going to eat it. In the case where they put a gun to your head, not only are they forcing you to eat this thing, but they were forcing you to eat altogether. So they are not necessarily comparable. He says, therefore, the halacha could be different. Therefore, lo shayach vazel he says, in the case where they force him to eat altogether, so no bracha is going to be made, even if he enjoys it, because being forced to eat, you don't get brachot before or after. He says, that's the opinion of the Ramah, that's the opinion of many achronim. 
However, the Mishpura notes, not everyone agrees to the Rama, and they would say, even in the case where the guy puts a gun to your head and says you have to eat something asur, so there, Svir Lahu, they hold the Kevancha so so nanegronomiza, since at the end of the day you enjoy it, so Hashiva Achila, it's considered eating the Tsarik Varechaza, and you would have to make a bracha before and after. Right, so we have somewhat of a dispute. The Ramah is on one side of the Machlokim. He says, if uh, they, the doctor tells you to eat something which is asur, bracha before and after. But if they put a gun to your head for no reason and they say, well, I'm sure there's some reason, I don't know, right? But not that the doctor is uh, worried about you, but some guy is crazy, puts a gun to your head and says you have to eat. So since you're being forced to eat, not, not just to eat this thing, so there, no bracha is going to be made. The Mishabura notes that some achronim seem to argue. One interesting question for your Shabbos table, right? Just because it's relevant. And it comes, some of these halachot come up. So in this week's parsha, we learn about the Isha Sota, right? The, the, the wayward wife. So uh, the husband's worried that his wife maybe isn't behaving appropriately. He warns her, don't be in seclusion with this man. And then sure enough, we have two witnesses that say she was in seclusion with this man. So now in order to exonerate herself, she has to go through this whole ritual in the Beit HaMikdash. She's going to have to drink this water that has the Shem Hashem uh, mixed into it. Okay, so does she make a bracha on that water? Think about that. Think about that. Right now, there are a bunch of different topics that we have to think about, some of which we've already talked about, right? So, number one, uh, is this a mitzvah for her to drink it, right? In theory, the Torah says at this point, she has to drink it, right? But it only came through the fact that she violated any sort of being in seclusion with this guy, especially after her husband gave a warning. It, are they forcing her to drink it? Suffolk what? No, she was in seclusion. We have witnesses, right? So, if, 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 if is she being forced to drink this? So it depends. We, we get to a certain point in the ritual where even if she says no, we force her to do it anyway. What, what about the taste of the water? We talked about hana'a. Uh, if you benefit from the taste, does it taste good? I've never had water with uh, DO, with uh, ink mixed inside of it. I bet that doesn't taste good. And on top of that, it's possible that they add something bitter into the water because the pasuk details the water. It describes it as the mehamarin, the bitter waters. Well, maybe the ink doesn't taste good, but it's not necessarily bitter. So they put something bitter. So maybe there's no brach So a lot of different things. To talk about, save it for your Shabbos table. Extra points to whoever comes up with the right answer. I don't know what the right answer is, but come up with some good stuff and bring it my way.